In Tfilah, we're going further. There's a Braisa which says the following thing. When Rebbe Lezer got ill, meaning fatally ill, Nichnasu Tamid of the Vakrei. The his students came to visit him. Amrulai, and they said to him, Rabbeinu, our teacher, Lamdeinu Orchos Chaim, teach us the way of life. Venizke Bohem, Lechaye Ha'Elam Haba. And if you teach us the way of life, through that way of life, we will merit the world to come. Meaning as follows. Some, the two types of lifestyles a person can live. There's a lifestyle which lends itself to eternity, and there's a lifestyle which is a contradiction to eternity. Eternity, eternal life, the world to come, is not a place and a time. It's a way of life. To have life in this world, it's not that person you know lives his life and then there's this massive committee in in the heavens which says, okay, what will you do with this guy? Well, you know, I think he deserves the world to come. Okay, we'll give it to him. And this guy, well, no, maybe yes, maybe not. And then he goes and has his burg and oh gosh, no, he's not coming. It's, that's not the way it works at all. Oil my boy is a reality. You either have it or you you either have it or you don't. It's, in a way, it's not so much din as 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 it's, it's a reality. Either is or it isn't. Meaning, Olam Haba is a lifestyle where your actions are tested with a meaning which transcends space and time. How is that different than Yerushalayim? How is it the same as Yerushalayim? I mean, <laughs> how is it different from 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 caramel pudding? Uh, <laughs> I mean. Patience. <laughs> Cold water. <laughs> Meaning as follows. Let me illustrate it. Let me illustrate it. Maybe it will make it clear for you how it's different from new hairstyles. So, the let's take a, a normal day-to-day act that a person, person can engage in. You can engage in an act and we'll call it act breakfast. So, breakfast is something which, which is contained in a specific space and time should be contained, I mean, it should be contained um, in space and time. You go, you eat breakfast, and then the process of eating breakfast is a process which has a beginning when you start eating your breakfast cereal, and it comes to a close, Dean, Shannon, when you finish eating your breakfast cereal. Trapped in space and time. It's in the kitchen, on your table. And then you put the food into your mouth, the food has a location, it was on the plate, and then it goes down through your throat into your large intestines, and then we can track its progress until a few hours later it's expelled and eats the waste products. The remainder of the food is absorbed into your bloodstream and digested, but essentially that experience of eating that bowl of cereal has a beginning and it eventually comes to an end. Because anything in the physical world has a boundary to it. It has defined limitations. It doesn't extend forever. Nothing in this world is forever. So it's a contradiction to the structure of the way the physical world is made. It doesn't work. Things eventually run out. They just they dissolve. They 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 they, they disintegrate. Correct. Good. Now, if I instead of approaching breakfast as eating my food in order to provide myself with the nutrition to live the day, I have a completely different focus. There's something called eternity. Eternity means that there's something, as we've discussed many times before, that the essence of everything in the physical world is the concept from which it is derived. 
the physical world is just the the bottom the bottom rung of a much higher ladder for example the example we've used many times before and we shall use it again right now if I look at this table and I say what's stronger the table or the idea of the table so it's clear to everyone that a table I can take an axe smash this to smithereens but if I'm the person that made this table I can make another one because you can't destroy the idea of the table you can destroy the manifestation of that idea but the idea is the essence that's something which is much much stronger it's much stronger in fact you can't break it the only way you can break it is if the idea has a fault in it in other words the strongest thing in the world is an idea which is true because it means it can never be broken it can never be broken I mean it can't come to an end when time ends and it can't to come to an end when space ends when someone dies does the idea die with them? depends on the idea many people have had ideas which have lived far beyond their lifetime any person that introduced an idea which is true so they die and the idea lives on because it's a reality and they just expressed it but they aren't, they aren't it. Person, as long as they express it. So long as they express it, it came into the world and then it, it has its life of its own. It, 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 it is. It's a reality. Something which is a reality can't come to an end. It is. It is. Can something which is false be a reality? No. A reality means something which will last forever. The fact that it's false doesn't make it a reality? No. The fact that it's false makes it a non-reality. It means that it has no continued existence. There will come a point in time when you'll say, aha, that's broken. Communism. Communism. Which was a great idea. And then it just got to a point where the whole thing just collapsed because it doesn't work. It sounded great. It was fantastic. But it doesn't work. It's called an idea which at a certain point in time it just it exhausts itself. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I mean, it's still around, the idea. And but people will, will continue to, to, to at least learn about it. It will take, it will take a long time yeah. for it to disappear completely. But in terms of the clout that it has and the impact that it has in the world, it doesn't work. But the fact that people will continue to learn about erroneous ideas doesn't perpetuate It, it means that the, the, the longevity of an idea is measured by the amount of truth contained within it. The more stuff in it that's good, the longer it will last. So, things which are completely, completely spurious will disappear within months. Things which have a little bit more solidity and meaning there is an element of truth in them, they'll persist. Until eventually everything is exhausted. But that's the nature of ideas. The only thing which actually exists permanently is something which is real. And that means you can't, you can't undo something which is real. It's there. Air. If I find the chemical composition of air, whatever, air, air, air is air. You can't say there's no air. There is. Reality means it is. You can't argue it. It is. And you can't dismiss it. It is. So in Hebrew, the word emet means reality. It doesn't mean truth. Even though, even though it's often translated as truth, it means it is. It is. Something which has eventually an expiry date is not. It may appear to be now because it's making a lot of noise. But that noise will eventually die out and it will disappear. So when I define reality, I, fi I fi define reality as something that w was, is, and will be. That's called reality. Something which wasn't, is, and won't be is not reality, even though it has a moment of glory. But it that's not called, in my, the way I would like to use the term reality is something which was, is, and will be. Is evil a reality? No. No, the definition of evil is a non-reality. 
That's why the Maral always defines evil as he'eder, which means a lack of. It's not there. It's not there. It doesn't exist. It appears to exist for a given period of time. That's why in Olam Haba there's no evil. Because it can't be, because it runs out of steam. It's only there's a catalyst. It's only there for, for a short period of time to promote something. When it's done its job, it disappears. And death will disappear. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will come. What good is the opposite? Good means it will last forever. Good will last forever. Evil means it will come to an end. The word in, for Hebrew in evil is ra, which is the same word as ra which means something which will topple over. And the word toiv means will be forever. But then what about your Sahara? Isn't that permanent? No, your will disappear. But, but, when it's always with you, first of all, it's always with you. Secondly, it's always with you now, because you, you're in this world. But you ain't going to be in this world forever. And when you go into the next, your Yetzirah says, Ciao. We hope. <laughs> That's called Gehenna. Gehenna is, is, Gehenna is like saying goodbye. Because he doesn't want to leave you. It's become so, you've become so enmeshed with one another. He says, hang on, where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> Get to Olam Abba and you're saying, one second, where's the trap outlets over here? No, there are no trap outlets. That's quite painful. Can someone please show me? <laughs> where do they sell like new, ready, like souped up vehicles in this place? There are no souped up vehicles in them. Like, it's very, it's very, it's very, it's very jarring. That, that does sound painful. Yeah, it's very jarring. It's very jarring when you like go there and you say, so what time is supper? There will be no supper. <laughs> there will be no supper. <laughs> no, no sufkaniyot. Oh, one is okay. Mm. Two is easy. Kids, so yeah. <laughs> are you are you following me? Are you getting the gist? You're getting the gist that, that something which is real is real. Something which is not real is not real. Rye is not real. It appears to be real. It it, it pulls us in and we go for it. So but, uh, you know, you realize that you know the biggest muscle of Ra is a movie. Turn on the lights and the whole thing disappears. <laughs> When you turn on the lights, you see there was nothing there to begin with. But when the lights are off, whoa, you're in it. It's real. It's real. It's real. So, so life's, the evil is a movie. It plays on the screen and it looks like it's really happening. But it's not happening. If, if, you, if you understand how movies are made, you'll never enjoy another movie in your life. From, in other words, you'll, you may enjoy it from an artistic and critical perspective, but you'll never fall into the movie because you have to realize in every blood tingling scene there's a camera where your eyes are <laughs> the whole thing disappears the minute you realize that there's a cameraman who's actually filming this so then the movie loses its appeal so how can you come dramatically involved it's really going to happen it's not because the cameraman will stop it <laughs> but the whole point is that you go for the illusion and in in the Gomorrah the rejected thought proceeds and all the mahu detainments what are they? <coughs> MS Mahu what would you have erroneous? Mahu detainment is a funny thing. I haven't fully fathomed Mahu detainment, but Havaminas. Havaminas are MS, they're just not La Mascona. Even ones that are like wrong completely? Is there such a thing as a wrong completely Havamina? They occur occasionally. Maybe those not. Sometimes the Gemara says, Rashi, there's no real Havamina, the Gemara is just speaking out of thought process. Those are very rare. Most Havaminas are true, just not in this context. But those rare instances. Fine, so those rare instances. I don't know. Are I those, don't know. Are those real? Not I real? don't know. I don't know. Go away. 
um, yes okay again so what we're talking about we're talking about MS and Sheker reality and non-reality Ra evil doesn't exist it appears to exist it has a period of time when it is but it won't always be and hence it doesn't fit into our definition of reality that we're working with you're right it's semantics we define reality as something which was is will be good okay now based on that when a person lives this life in a particular manner when he lives this life in reality so this life will last forever when a person lives this life in a way that's not reality so this life will come to an end so the world to come is not a event which occurs post-mortem it's a description of what you're doing in your day-to-day life back to our breakfast when you eat your breakfast so if you're living in this world so the breakfast has a space and time and then it disappears so based on what our definition of evil is the breakfast is evil it's not evil it's a kosher it's mahadran it's got badat in it but it's evil because it comes to an end ra means comes to an end doesn't mean bad it means comes to an end it's, it's temporary good but we can make our, perm- our breakfast permanent how do we do that we say we do something that's real when we eat what do we do when we, what's real about eating what's real about eating is we acknowledge that I am a limited, finite human being, my body. My body, in fact, requires sustenance. And that sustenance isn't self-generated. It comes from a higher source called, in this case, let's say it's Boye Prihadama. Boye Prihadama. When I say that there's, when I acknowledge that, let's say, the cereal with the bananas nice insert I'm about to eat is the way that the Creator communicates through my taste buds he's kindness to me and i use my taste buds as a receptacle for that kindness i experience the taste and through the taste i now feel i can taste when i do that that moment is not limited in space and time that moment is a connection to something which is real what's real that hashem created these cereal with this banana sliced into it that's something which doesn't come to an end that's something which is real to last forever so when a person eats in that way that act of eating is a endless act of eating i don't mean you'll eat forever it means the eating the act of eating wasn't it, it was an expression of something which behind it was much deeper it's the concept of the table as opposed to the table itself the table will perish the concept of the table will live on when i eat with boya priya in my mind i'm saying that i'm just using this to capture that idea I'm capturing the idea of Hashem's creative power over the world through the ingestion of this food. When I ingest the food, that's what I experience. I experience Borea Priyadama. But the food isn't Borea Priyadama. The food is an expression of The table's not the idea. It's an expression of the idea. The food carries that notion with it. But when I connect to the thing behind the food, so I've connected to something real. So then I'm living in a world which is eternal. And that's true. I can... I can eternalize every moment of my life when I do that so then I have Olam Haba when I don't do that so my life comes to an end why? because it does because that's what, that's what I'm living with you follow? not so much it needs more discussion let's take a few questions and then we'll discuss more Dean as long as you have elements of both that and not in your life so then you have part of your life which is going to be lacking and part of your life which is full which is us right it's me and you and everyone here 
struggling. We're struggling. We're struggling to eternalize every moment of our being, every moment of our night. But we we're not succeeding. When don't we succeed? When we focus on the manifestation and not what's behind the manifestation. For example, gosh, the chocolate looks good. Let me eat it. And then I say the bracha because otherwise there's a barrier between me and the chocolate. They have to jump over it. They go, off. Sometimes the bracha makes it. So you know, have you ever seen that competition of chocolate? hand grasps chocolate to mouth, lips try to perform the brocha, and then who gets there first? This time the chocolate won. Maybe next time the brocha will win. So then again, so then I, I, you're saying brocha, I don't know if you, I don't, I, don't, I don't know, I have no idea what that brocha is. I have no idea what that brocha is. It's definitely, uh, you know, halakhically speaking, you probably don't have to say it again, but uh, I don't know. Well, that's why they say lachem. It's the same as uh, war in Hebrew. I, I forgot how to say war in Hebrew. Milchama. Milchama. It's the same root. Because as you're about to eat, it's like a war between your body and your shama. Well, he's gonna dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I hear you on the brocha, right? But at the end of the day, you're still eating. You're still in separating this difference that you're saying a brocha before. So you say your brocha. No, it's completely, absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. The, the brocha is a declaration of intention as to what you're about to do. The bracha isn't, the bracha is not the end, the bracha is the beginning. The bracha informs your eating. But how does it elevate your eating? I'll tell you why. Like this. If, if I say, that, again, it depends on how you view the bracha. If I view the bracha as the necessary halachi requirement I have to do in order to get to the food. So then you're 100% right. Then you're 100% right. The bracha is the thing you do before you start eating and then you eat. But the brach is in, the brach is in interpretation of the action in advance. And now it's like this. Gary, I say to you, do you know what the brach is? Okay. Now, if I would be making the brach for you, I'd say, and now we see Gary heading towards the food, and he's going to use the act of eating as a mechanism of connecting to the kindness of Hashem in as much as he has created a world which is perfectly, which is perfectly aligned to the human physiology, to the degree to that, the produce of the world tastes delicious to the human tongue. And the Gary is about to experience in a moment of connection to his spiritual source through the act of eating, which is an intimate act. And when he embraces the act of eating and regenerates his entire life force through the act of eating, he feels the divine influence on his being and his act of eating is essentially it's almost a receiving divine energy from above and it's called Priyadama. and every bite that he takes he feels the implant of the divine surge of energy through his being and he feels completely connected and intimately involved with his creator as his creator bestows life upon him now I, that, that's what the brook is meant to that's the mind frame that the brook is meant to engender in order that the act of eating should follow should be that act so then it's changing the actual act as well the brook right? correct which, which part did you say? the brook is the mechanism whereby the act is changed until now you've understood wrongly that you've got the brook and then you eat what I'm saying to you now, the brocha is step one of a process called a different kind of eating. An eternal eating and not a temporary eating. Now, do I live up to that? I would like to say yes. Maybe after the first bite, right? I would like to say yes, but, but it gives us, at least it gives us a direction of where we're trying to get to. It's a different act, it's a different act. 
and you see that act as an elevated act. Eating becomes an act of elevation. It's not an act of degradation, which if you don't eat in that way, so essentially eating is a very animalistic act, something which is very low. I'm stuffing my food to get some type of man, oh, you paragon. Yes. Would, be, um, would you give it a, a feeling that we should, that that should be evoked by the afterbrocha? Oh, so the afterbrocha is interesting. So it comes out really, obviously, the afterbrocha has a very different role to the beforebrocha, correct? The beforebrocha is the entrance of how I'm going to engage in the act. And the afterbrocha is reflection. It's, hey, what happened there? So it's quite interesting, there's different kinds of afterbrochas. The essential afterbrocha is Birkat Amazon, which is a brocha which you say. Now, the interesting obligation of Birkat Amazon is not a brocha that you make after you've ingested food. It's a brocha that you make on a feeling of satiation. According to the letter of the law, according to Torah law, if a person eats and he's not satiated, there's no obligation to make a brocha after he's eaten. According to Torah law. <laughs> easy. Easy, Ost. Easy, Ost. <laughs> the Rabbonin are going to come and help you here. But until the Rabbonin come along, according to Torah law, you eat, you eat a, a pita, yeah, a nice falafel, and you don't feel full. No, no mitzvah d'oraisa, no Torah commandment to bench to make a brikas amazon. The brocha brikas amazon is on that sense of satiation. Which means the person experiences a fullness. The person experiences, in a sense, a completion. He was lacking, and now he's full. And that's why until he's full, there's no point in making the bracha, because you haven't reached the end point of what you're trying to achieve through benching. Now, when you understand benching in that way, it solves so many riddles that benching is... that, ha- that I... Bench- benching itself is a riddle. I mean, let me ask you a question, Gary J. Didn't you always wish that benching was much shorter? Like, didn't you get a massive surprise when someone told you about burner fosches? Like always, like you know, when you people people aren't from, and like you, you you go to a steakhouse and you sit there and you have a massive salad, and then you have sushi, and then you have like chicken livers or d'oeuvres, and then you have this 500 gram steak with chips, French fries, and then you have ice cream for dessert, and then like you think, ah, three hours later, you like practically like laid on your back, and they say, okay, so do you need a bench? And you go, sure. That's it. <laughs> they expect you to go on like for like another two hours. I mean, uh, you know, relative to what you've eaten. So, so benching is is a bit of a mystery. What's it all about? And when you see about benching, then you like kind of pick up the themes. They are just so irrelevant to food. The land of Israel, Bruce Miller, the study of Torah, the building of Jerusalem. Give me a break. Give me a break. I just had a sandwich. The building of Jerusalem. Yeah? So it, it's, it's bizarre. So the truth is, what benching is, benching is a glimpse at perfection. And when a person glimpses perfection in the physical realm, because he was empty and he's now full, he was lacking and he's now complete, he says, gosh, now I'm in touch with what completion means. And therefore I realize that until the spiritual dimension of my life is not completed. It's called Jerusalem. I can't go on. And I say, because at the point of completion, I feel the parts of me which have not yet been completed. That's called lack. So essentially, benching is not about food. 
It's about a sense of completion. And bris mila gives me completion. And the study of Torah gives me completion. And the land of Israel gives me completion. So when I'm in the world of completion, I say, I want completion to the nth degree! And that's what benching is. It's an elevated state of consciousness whereby a person reaches a sense of mission in terms of where he's going in life. Post. So why does bread have such an elevated... Now that's a great question. In other words, and in that... Seemingly, bread is the, is, is, is the determining factor of am I complete or not. So, Pasuk we said in today's Shachis, the lechem levav enosh yisod. And bread satiates the heart of man. For some reason, bread has the, the, the accompanying feeling of satiation through bread gives the person a sense of fullness which is not achieved through the consumption of other foods. Ah, uh, yeah. In other words, yeah. I mean, bread, bread hits the spot. <laughs> yeah, I disagree. Nothing, nothing fools you. There's a feeling of fullness. In other words, diabetics complain about it a lot because <laughs> because uh, the highest glycemic index food you can get is white bread. Like it, r- it shoots up your sugar higher than higher than sugar. High in sugar, so that di- di- one of the complaints that diabetics have is that they never feel full. That's true. <laughs> You're diabetic. Yes, I am. Okay, so it's, it's a horrible thing because you can't ever like feel that that sense of ah, is the blood sugar Um Because everybody, so we have to stop now before we've begun. But, um, hopefully, we'll continue.